On this episode, we smoke La Aroma de Cuba Passion, a six and an eighth by 54 box press torpedo Nicaraguan puro. Welcome. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And welcome, everybody, to Burn Line Podcast, coming to you not live from the hot box, the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made, adjacent to the Blanco Lounge, nestled amongst the complex of rooms that comprise Union Cigar Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, the only Blanco Cigar Lounge in North America. We are your hosts, Johnny Midas and Nick the Brick. Nick, good morning. Good morning, Thacker the Hacker. Yeah, man. And I went to school for software engineering, so you have no idea how overdone that is. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, oh, did they did they just roast you with that all the time? Dude, they used to put an apostrophe between the T and the H in my last name. <laughs> to Hacker. <laughs> yeah. And now you know something about me, all of you out there in podcast land. I can take over your server and dox you. So, no, that's not true. I got out of it because, dude, I couldn't sit behind a computer screen. I mean, yeah. my first semester, I'm sitting there. It's like this big, dimly lit room. And this was back in the days when you had like a blinking cursor, you know. And there's like 500 nerds in there. Click, 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 click. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you forgot to pass your parameters. <laughs> click, 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 click. I'm like... You know, I was on the wrestling team and stuff. Like, I was a physical dude, and I'm like, I don't care how much money is in this, yeah, you know? Like, yeah. I have to do something different, so... And now I run a factory, so... Yeah, it is you different. Know. You did something different. Well, my, my younger brother, Joe, was similar. He's uh, a platoon sergeant in the 82nd, and uh, he went to college for, like, biochem or something. But yeah. he was always into, like, nature and stuff. And he, I think he went for, like, a year... He was like, fuck it, I'm not college material. Yeah. You know, he's bigger than I am, and he was running a landscaping crew. Uh, he's bilingual. Big, bigger than you are. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Like, his skeleton, like, his shoulder yeah. sockets are, like, two inches wider than <sighs> across. He's fucking huge. Yeah. I did poli in English, and now I run a cigar store. There you go. <laughs> I squeaked through college with a degree in uh, babes and beer, and... Uh, Got a liberal arts degree, so I can curse you out in Latin, and that's what I paid all that money for. Um, all right, so we are smoking the La Roma de Cuba Passion. This is a really interesting cigar. Like everything about it is interesting. This is the latest addition to the La Roma de Cuba line. Um, I like this brand. Uh, I don't think I've smoked anything from them that I didn't like. There was there was one or two where. You know, it just wasn't in my wheelhouse. You know, I'm probably not going to pick it up again. But I didn't dislike it. It was a great cigar. Just, uh, you know, the flavor profile and, and my palate, meh, wasn't in the mood for it. Yeah. Um, but they make some really good cigars, and they're at a pretty good price point. Um, and so we're going to dig into this brand and this particular cigar and what sets it apart from the rest of the La Aroma de Cuba line. Um, and uh, why don't we start out with... The presentation of this cigar for everybody out there. So, the uh, the branding, La Aroma de Cuba is uh, kind of famous, I think, in its graphic design, right? Because it's got like the um, kind of like the young lady, you know, young lady's profile. It's a that, portrait. 
portrait. Yeah. Um, very uh, 1950s, like back before they had like photography type of advertising. It's you know? like Frida Kahlo. Yes. Type, yeah. Type of art. Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the, you know, fancy letters and the gold leaf and and the oval frame around it, almost like a locket. Yes. You know, and then spreading out on either side are these like lush gardens and flowers, you know, like almost like it's a picture of Cuba, you know, yeah. the where things grow, uh, surrounded with a gold leaf filigree frame. Um, so everyone's pretty much familiar with that. And that's the main band, right? Uh, on this particular one, the background on those wings, you know, beneath the flowers is like a vertically pinstriped um, sort of mint spring green, right? Yeah. With white, white pinstripes. And, and they carry that across all of their brands, uh, the color, right? So right. the Miyamore has the light blue and so yeah. on and so forth, which is fascinating to me because all of these are two band cigars, but the top band is not the same from stick to stick. Right. It's identical except for just the background color. Yeah. Behind where it says La Aroma de Cuba and like just on the tail of the wings where you can see that that color. Yeah. Uh, so they went to a lot of trouble and expense. You know, I know a little bit about the cost of cigar bands, right? Um, to, to really be meticulous with uh, the branding and presentation, which I really appreciate. And then the second band is... Uh, pretty much butted right up against the first band. And this is, again, something they do across their lines. And it has that this same, like, mint spring green uh, passion, right? So this looks like a, like a score, like a musical, like the white middle piece running across with the dots on it. Yeah, it kind of does. It looks like a musical uh, uh, piece of music. Yeah, it kind of does. It's but pretty. then, do you, do you see the shields with like the shields with the anchor? Yep. And the and then the other side, I don't. Is a key and three rooks. Three rooks. Yeah. What does that? What does that mean? A what rook is, is a chess piece. Yeah, but what is the what is the shield? Do you know what the shield represents? I don't know. Yeah, I do. So no, I have no idea. Um, I would imagine the the anchor would be in reference to the fact that Cuba is an island. Yeah, that'd right? be my guess. I don't know, but it's really cool. I yeah. mean, these this, these are gorgeous bands. Yeah. I mean, they they really, probably my top, definitely in my top three favorite. Uh, and it's so classic. You know, these are, these are cigars, like when you pull them out, you know, you feel like a 1950s mobster or something. You know, like this is how a cigar band should look. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I get more royalty vibes off of this. This yeah, is what like, I said, 1950s mobster. That's American <laughs> yeah, royalty. American royalty. We, we don't believe in fucking kings and shit. Like, <laughs> blood in, blood out. Right. Like, you, you, you don't get special privilege just because you were born. You get special privilege because he killed somebody. That's it's awesome, the American yeah. way. Tommy, right. Gun, Tommy Guns and bootlegging. Tommy Gun Duke, yes. Yeah, right? They call John Wayne the Duke. Like, that's how you get to be royalty. So, um, no, it, but it's a great point, right? Like, it definitely has, like, a almost aristocratic feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. You feel special just holding this. Now, the the branding carries over to the box, which is white, lacquered, you know, standard wood box with the brass hinges and hasp. Um, it has a uh, sticker, you know, that, that kind of seals the box that has that green 
accents. The writing is all in gold foil. So I think that they did a great job uh, with this branding. This is a just it grabs your eye. It's attractive. And white right? white in, in a cigar lounge or cigar store is a bold move. It is, yeah. It stands out. I don't know that I can go out there and pick out more than 10 or 15 solid white boxes like this. Right, right. And sometimes they get it wrong. Yeah. Do you remember that uh, CAO special that came out a few years ago? The Vision? Yeah, with the LED LEDs, lights. Yep. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was special, but... Yeah. To me, it didn't feel like a cigar box. It felt like a Star Trek set. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blade. They're not even smoking in Blade Runner, right? It's like a uh, electronic thing you stick in your mouth and it stims your brain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's what I expect to pull out of that box. Um, all right, so that's what it looks like. This is a box press torpedo. It is 6.25 by 54. So how is your decimal diffraction conversions? I think that's uh, one-fourth of an inch yeah nope but uh i happen to run a factory so i have the conversion tables in my head that is one eighth really well yeah but if you think about 6. it 6.25 6.125 oh 6.125 i gotcha i gotcha yeah yeah so one point like yes. 125 times two is yeah. 250 yep. which is a quarter so you can actually figure it out but po- anyway 0.25 is a quarter yeah yeah that's okay. what i thought you said my apologies 6.125 by five four um it has a uh, interesting. Uh, it's a the the wrapper leaf, like you can see the color differential between like the veins and the leaf, and there's some modeling. But the veins are very small. This actually looks like a fine, delicate leaf uh, for the wrapper, um, but not smooth. But not smooth. It's not toothy, but it's not smooth. Right. Uh, it is modeled, but not piebald. Um, and yeah, there's definitely a color differential between the veins and the actual leaf, which, you know, this is pretty cool. Like it, it looks like something that grew in the ground. It looks like effort went into it, but it doesn't look fake, you know. So not to call anybody's uh, product out on air or anything, but if you go to like Walgreens and you get a Punch Classic Tubo, you know, and, and you pull it out, and it's like the wrapper looks like is is that actually a tobacco leaf or is that a piece of paper? You know, it's so like smooth and perfect. You know, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Like this doesn't have that. There is no doubt. Like this came out of somebody's field. Yeah, know? yeah, which, which I think is super cool. So that is what it looks like, and it is time to cut this cigar, and it's going to be really hard to cut it because no ashtray. Captain America over here forgot the ashtray. I have fire, I have blades, multiple, I have a smartphone and a stack of paper and a pencil. I even have a pen that has like one of those little rubber things on the other side so you can use it with your phone and look like a total fucking nerd. Stylist. Yeah, stylist. You also brought batteries, which is awesome. No, a stylist is the person that fixes your hair. Dude. You're thinking of stylist. You did the same thing last week. You got You're gonna have to put the laugh track in because I don't think it's funny. All right, and on that note, we are going to go get an ashtray so that we're not ashing all over this table. And we are back after that brief interruption. We call that cigar smokus interruptus. All right, it is time to clip this. Again, it's a torpedo, so I'm going to take off kind of the minimum I think I can get away with to have an enjoyable smoke. Yeah. Uh, That way I can clip off more later. 
So you want to be careful Didn't with that. We, oh, I was going to say we just smoked a. Last week was the Quattro, mm-hmm. and then two weeks ago was the Intemperance. Yep. Were we three week three weeks in a row with a a Figurato? Yeah, I think we are. Jeez. Yeah. Well, this comes in other Vitolas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one that's on the shelf. Here at Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, the La Roma de Cuba box press torpedo, six and eighth by fifty-four, retails for twelve fifty, while a box of twenty-five is going to set you back two hundred and eighty-one dollars. That's a savings of thirty-one dollars, which is pretty impressive. Of course, you can pre-order, prepay for a box and save an additional thirty-one dollars. That's a lot of extra Damn. cash. Yeah. You can buy a world-class cutter for that or whatever. So. Swing on by, pick yourself up a box, and we are going to clip this cigar as usual. We remind you to clip your cigar with authority. You will respect my authority. No limp-wristed cutting allowed. You got to hear that. You got to hear that. That snap. Yeah, that snap. Yeah, and you know we we say that on every show, but we say it on every show for a reason. And while I'm blabbing, we're actually tapping the uh, head of the cigar that we just clipped on our hand to get this loose tobacco out to improve our cigar smoking experience. But uh, we bring it up every time because it's probably the easy, I think it's probably the easiest way to just destroy the 1250 you just spent on a cigar. Oh, by slowly yeah, like constricting. It, yeah. yeah. And because once you crack and mash, you know, the head of the cigar, like you you're, you just can't experience it right. right. You're going to be spending the whole time like licking a, that little tab, trying to close the crack, and all of this stuff. Yeah. You know, probably the second easiest way to destroy your cigar is, you know, blasting it with your flame, you know, lighting it Right, off. right. Yeah. First uh, step, first step, don't mess it up by cutting it. Second step, yeah. don't mess it up by lighting it. But the, uh, you know, the lighting, like, once you learn how, it's really hard to mess up, actually. Yeah. You know? With the cutting, like if you're just not paying attention, turn your. I mean, once you cut it, you cut it. Mm-hmm. You know. So we are going to light up our cigars today, and as always, we remind you to toast your cigar gently. Don't roast it. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. It's toasted. I get it. I have really high expectations for this cigar. Yeah, I think so. And and in a minute, uh, we're going to talk about why that might be. Um, right now I am toasting my cigar with this, uh, soft flame butane lighter. I love this cigar in the lounge, like in this room where there's no airflow because it just beautifully toasts the cigar. And this whole time while I'm running my mouth, I've had the flame applied, right? Uh, the problem with this and all soft butane, soft flame butane lighters is, you know, you look at it sideways and it'll go out. So I can't even use it, like, in a lounge that has a ceiling fan going. Right. You know, something like that. Definitely can't use it on the back porch. And here we go. I am just about toasted up. And, Nick, you are using your, what, three-flame butane jet? Yeah, this is a an Alec Bradley branded, uh, yeah, three-flame uh, missile silo. Mm-hmm. looking with a punch on the bottom. Yeah, this is the one that looks like it's a reclaimed engine from like the uh, Starlink launch satellite rocket thing. Yeah. Definitely uh, probably not pocket-sized, put it that way. It's not. 
That's like one of those. Is that a banana in your pocket, uh-huh. or you just? Yeah. <laughs> is that a lighter in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm. Really good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Just got the first couple of puffs off of that. Um. And I agree. Like. It's very common in the cigar industry and the hobby to hear people say that the first half inch or inch is not very good. Right? Dude, it's my it's the best part. I think that if you toast it properly, yeah. it's phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Those first few puffs are phenomenal. Like Francisco is right about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But the, I just don't I don't I simply don't agree with him on that. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong, but like I love like the first few puffs I think is absolutely the best flavor. Mm. Well, I will tell you what, on this one, hot damn. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's got the spicy that you would expect. It's got sweet, and it's got this buttery nut. I'm going to call it cashew flavor cashew. Like right off the bat. I mean, that is phenomenal tobacco. So a, a little bit about this. I've got this pegged as a, a mid, maybe mid full. Uh, your experience or mileage may vary, and and the reason for that is primarily that it has this sun-grown wrapper. So, sun-grown shade. Sorry, uh, shade-grown wrapper. Um, so, shade-grown wrappers are typically like lighter. You know, we associate that with Connecticut. We talked about that before, but this is a very unique uh, tobacco that comes from um, Namanji in Esteli. Jumanji. Namanji. Namanji. Right? So this is a different microbiome. We, we're uh, used to Esteli. Everybody knows about Esteli. Probably Jalapa if you're, you know, kind of into your microbiomes. Yeah. Uh, Namanji, you might not have heard of. It's 18 miles east of Esteli, and uh, it is rolling hills. You actually can't get, like, a sun, full sun-grown tobacco there oh. because of the orientation of the valley you know, to the sun, like you're going to have half the day where, uh, it's not getting sun. So you can't really do full sun grown in that region. Yeah. And so I'm not sure, uh, you know, if by shade grown, they're just talking about how it grows naturally or if they actually spread muslin. Cause I will tell you, this is much, much darker than a Connecticut wrapper. Yeah. This is definitely, I was shocked when I heard that it was shade grown. Uh, me too. I was shocked. Absolutely. It's I, got it's got like a rosado, like a reddish hue. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's a clay colored. Yeah. Dirt. You know, like light dirt color. Yeah. So I've got this uh, burlwood. Yeah. Uh, ashtray. It's actually darker than the ashtray. Yeah. 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 If yeah. You compare it, right? So I mean, this is there are natural cigars or like you know Habano wrappers that are lighter than this, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not sure. Um, you know. When they say shade grown, if they're talking about how it naturally is shade grown half the day, or if they're actually shielding it from the sun, right? Um, but I will tell you that uh, the the region and the way that it was grown, the fermentation process, all of that, um, combined with you know Nicaraguan tobacco in general, but I have found Manji uh, in particular has a you know a, a pepperier flavor than you know, Dominican tobacco for sure, right? A little bit more of a kick. Yeah, a little more of a kick. So that's why I, I peg this as a mid, but uh, I think a lot of people are going to go mid-full yeah. uh, just because it, yeah, it has a kick. It's a good good word for it. 
It's a very soft box press too. Mm-hmm. It's going to be almost like the the Quattro last week when you were talking about how the the burn line expanded the tobacco mm-hmm. into almost like a, a round. Right. So this is a uh, Nicaraguan puro. All of the tobacco comes from Nicaragua. That's what puro means. If you're uh, not familiar with that term, it means all the tobaccos come from a single region. Um, I will say that I th- I think I think for Nicaraguan cigars, calling it a puro is um, you know a little like misleading isn't the right word, but there are so many unique microbiomes in Nicaragua to grow tobacco. Yeah, it's not the same thing. Dude, like a puro, like I wish, I wish it was like a, it's 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 become like a blanket term for like country, like we're right. throwing a we're throwing a dartboard at the well the, at a the map. Cuban puro, yeah, means something, and that's where the term came from, because Cuba doesn't have microbiomes; it right. just has one climate, and it's right. Cuban tobacco, yeah. so it was special. This is a Cuban puro. We didn't cut the tobacco, is what they're really saying. Yeah, you know, we didn't cut it with cheaper tobacco right. from from way back in the day. Yeah. Now it's kind of, you know, it's, it doesn't mean as much. And yeah. in, in Nicaragua especially, right. because, you know, the, the different regions do grow really significantly different tobacco. Yeah. Um, and even, John, even seed varietals, even primings, like. Oh, sure. And like, you got the hybrid seeds now. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would re- I would prefer if the term puro was used for um, <laughs> the same region seed varietal and priming if all three of those are the same then that's a that's a puro right It'd probably also be a boring cigar <laughs> yeah it would be very yeah it'd be very one tone one tone yeah mm. that is some tasty smoke right this there. is a triple fermentation yeah so um just touching on the region again because namanji is probably less familiar to our listeners um because of the uh, geography the days are warm, but the nights are cool. Uh, there's like a wind that comes down there, and it has like black volcanic soil. Um, and uh, the Garcias own a 300-acre estate. About one-third of that is dedicated to their shade-grown wrapper. Yeah. Um, and the basin of the valley has a river going down it. So that's kind of the uh, geography where this came from where there's water there's life right yeah where there's water there's life so um i would say uh you know initially now that we're maybe like a half inch in um there's a sweet component but it it is a slightly sour like molasses kind of sweet yeah um there is also like a sweet nut like a buttery nut that i'm going to call cashew um there's definitely like spice in there and it's it's not like pure pepper it's like a mixture of kind of spicy spices in there um and uh it's interesting because i think like when i draw the smoke in it's like medium body but if i retrohale or when i like when i exhale what lingers on the palate is more of a full yeah body right yeah it very much stays in yeah yeah after you exhale the smoke i don't know i don't know that the smoke is even the smoke is like it's full but mm-hmm. it's yeah the there's definitely like a layer that it leaves of flavor yeah it's not it's not an ashtray flavor it's a because yeah, some it's, cigars you'll smoke it'll leave a layer but it's like a yeah it's like an ash 
yeah. flavor. No, this leaves the actual flavor, and it gets a little stronger, pops right, a little right. when you get that oxygen over it on your palate. So, and yes, um, they use a triple fermentation process, and and I think you can tell because this is very rich, right? Like mm-hmm. we talk about body a lot when we're discussing cigars because that's the traditional term. But I think uh, rich, no, is rich, a good term yeah, rich is perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. And dude, it matches the branding. Yeah, you know, like you look at this box, you already feel like a million bucks. You know, right? I mean, I'll be honest with you. As far as cigar gimmicks goes, they could charge a hundred dollars for this cigar, and they'd probably sell it. Yeah, honestly, yeah, that's not that's not a terrible assessment. I mean, other companies sure do it. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah, honestly, sometimes lesser quality. Oh yeah, yeah. This this has better quality than many thirty five dollar cigars I've mm-hmm. smoked. Not gonna bring anybody up by name or which anniversary cigar sucked at that price point. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> sorry, folks. That's an inside joke with uh, Nick the Brick, certified retail tobacconist. But uh, the smoke output is great. The draw is good. I love that. I like that I can adjust it because it's a torpedo. Yeah. Uh, this particular cigar but the the reason i say that is this blend is unique so smoking this i can't think of any other cigar where i'm like oh this reminds me of right yeah that's true a a really cool unique profile yeah the the branding you know they might have to up their box game just a little bit you know uh to sell it at a hundred dollar price point but the the uh branding looks expensive the cigar tastes rich it's a really good experience and it's unique enough you know they could position it that way so shout out to them for not taking advantage of the market right and selling this at a great price point but uh this particular cigar comes in a robusto five and a half by 50 um a corona gorda which is a 5.625 which would be what nine sixteenths by 46 a Marveloso, which is 6x52, and Encanto, which is a 6x60, the box press torpedo we're smoking, and then a Churchill 7x49. So, a few different ways to enjoy this cigar. Uh, I like the torpedo. I think 54 ring gauge is great. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, is... of the box press, the 54 seems smaller. Yeah, right. That's like a good rule of thumb. Like, if yeah. you see a 56, but then you see box press next to it, mm-hmm. it'll smoke like a 52, maybe a 54. Mm-hmm. That's a good rule of thumb. And I like the torpedo because I think I've mentioned on the show, like strength of draw is a big, big point for me in enjoying my cigar. And, and with the torpedo, I can adjust it. Right. Yeah. If, if you're having trouble getting smoke through, just cut more slightly, right. slightly right. cut more slightly off and then so forth. Who do you think, who do you think has a bigger same price point? The manufacturer, or the distributor? Mm. Or is it like a 50, 50? Well, so yeah, it's a good question. Honestly, I think the biggest deciding factor is the retail area and the taxes, right? Yeah. Um, if you're in a state that has floor floor tax, which I mentioned on the show before, should be illegal and probably is if it's challenged in court. Um, a floor tax is where the retailer is paying tax to actually purchase product to resell, right? Um, and so it gets baked into the prices. Like you have to. It has to be baked into the price of the cigar. Yeah. But right. the list, but the list price, like when the when these companies send a price sheet, mm-hmm. everyone gets the same price sheet. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna what you actually pay is just gonna depend on the state you live in. Mm-hmm. But 
what determines the, or who I should say determines the price on that sheet more? Do you think the manufacturer or the, the distributor? Oh, I have no idea. I know the manufacturer does in the sense of because they're growing, they can't stay in operation if they don't charge a certain amount. Correct. Right? Yeah, it's at minimum. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, speaking of distribution, uh, this cigar is distributed by Ashton, um, and it is made by the Garcias. So Jose and Jaime are famous, and people are probably aware that they make My Father. Not a surprise because the branding on My Father is really similar. Yeah. Right. It has this like rich, fancy, you know, banding and stuff like that. Yeah. And of course, the Garcia cigars, right, are made yep. by them as well. Yep. Um, they're famous. I mean, <laughs> there's not, a, not another way to put it. Like, they're really good at blending uh, cigars. I think in 2009, they were uh, listed as like m- most up and coming um, cigar people. Yeah. Cigar aficionado. 2012, they got. Cigar of the Year with the Flor, Flor de las Santillas. Yeah. And then 2015 yeah. or 16 was a 97 with the Le Bijou, mm-hmm. the Le Bijou box press torpedo, mm-hmm. which is a, very similar to this size, mm-hmm. which is also an excellent cigar. Full, uh, full body, though, yep. if I recall. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a mouth punch. So... Um, Jose Pepin Garcia was born in Cuba in 1950. Um, he started rolling at age 11. Jeez. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I'd be good at rolling, too, if I started at 11. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you can tell by the timing where this story is going, right? And now, thanks to uh, Castro, the uh, Garcias are in Nicaragua. So In America. Yeah. Sorry, um, and America. The mouths of Americans. Um, America's hottest cigar maker is what Cigar Aficionado named them in 2008. Wow. Um, so, and we smoked a My Father on here. It was uh, the La Duena. The La Duena, right? Tribute cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, 2012, they got the best cigar of the year for the Flor de las Antillas. So they're, they're just really good at making cigars. They have a... Uh, Garcia Family Industrial Park in Esteli. Um, of course, we talked about their 300-acre uh, plot of land yeah. in Namanji. Um, so, and I think the uh, I think Garcia cigars are probably famous for being robust. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think this cigar lives up to it. Like, it's not super advertised. It does say shade-grown wrapper from Namanji, Nicaragua, on the outside of the box, and then triple fermentation. But there's just no way. I would never guess that this is shade grown. No, absolutely right? not. The 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 rich robustness of the tobacco, uh, the finish in the mouth and the color. I mean, it just doesn't. Because uh, I often avoid shade shade grown. Yeah, me too. Cigars. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, well, and then when you get shade grown, there's often a bitter component. Yep. Right. Yeah. So when I see. Uh, shade grown wrapper on cigars uh you know if it was designed like this cigar is a shade grown then i'll often try it but you have plenty of cigars where like you have options on wrappers you yeah. know like perdomo's famous for this right. it's like the same three, cigar three wrappers yeah, yeah. with three wrappers well i don't usually try it you know so interesting uh kind of the way they branded and marketed this is kind of well, interesting are you picking the 
You're picking the Maduro first, aren't you? Yeah, typically. Typically. Yeah, it depends. Like, there's some manufacturers where, you know, like their Habano wrapper is so famous. Mm-hmm. or Well, like DBL, for example. You know, their Cameroon wrappers are fucking off the hook. Yeah. yeah. So I'll often go for that first. Right. You know. Their Maduros are pretty good, too, though. Yeah. Let's be honest. They make a pretty good cigar all around. Uh, they make a pretty good cigar. I'm going to clip a little bit more off of my Torpedo. I think I was uh, a little too stingy with the first clip. Which is good. Right. That's what you rather do than cut too much off. Yep. Yeah, definitely. If I get to the point where the cigar is smoking itself, you know, and I don't really have to draw on it, that kind of kills it for me. Yeah. Right? So, and that's, you know, that's that's what I enjoy when I'm smoking a cigar. I know some guys, they'll fucking hack the end off a of Gordo, stick it in their mouth, and just, like, breathe out of the sides of their mouths while it's clamped between their teeth, and that's yeah. what they like. So, good for you. Chomp down on it. Chomp, chomp. Yeah. I have thoughts. Um... <laughs> So that is the La Aroma de Cuba Passion, and I think I'm like three quarters of an inch in, and I am loving this cigar. This is kind of like a classic cigar experience. Like, it's not so heavy that you're like, shit, you know, I should have should have eaten something. Yeah. It's not so light that it leaves you wanting more. It's rich. It's robust. And the flavors, you know, really complement each other. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's intricate as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's not like a... We've had I've smoked cigars in my life on the show, where it's like, all right, first light to last puff, it's the same kind of mm. mojo. But this one is like, it's it's more that layer sensation that we've talked about before, right. where it's like, oh, this puff was like a little bit of this, but the next puff was a little bit of that. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, and you kind of have to think through, yeah, you know what you're doing. Yeah. And with that, it is time for our tobacconist tip of the week. Nick, take it away. And now, your tobacconist tip of the week with Nicholas McCann. So, the tobacconist tip of the week this week is about lighters. And we talked about lighters a little while ago on the show, but this one is about lighter maintenance and fixing your lighters. So, lighters break as they are a, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Like like a, a damageable, it's like a perishable product, but it's a... It's a gadget. It's a gadget, yeah. It's like a, it has parts. A widget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you you feel like you want to mess around with it. Um, when it stops working, you just, I oh, man. When people press the button 800 times in a right, row right. when it doesn't light, yeah. that peeves me because I think they're only doing more damage. Mm-hmm. It's like when your computer keyboard stops working and you bang it. Oh, I don't know about that because I have a Mac. But, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so what should I do when my butane lighter stops working? What should I do? So um, as tobacconists, we often deal with these problems in our own store, in our own personal, you know, lighter stocks, and then uh, obviously when customers come in. So we we kind of know a couple of tips and tricks to how to fix them, um, which obviously we'd be more than happy to teach you or do for you. So, so if you want to bring it in and have us take a look at it, that'd be awesome. But also at the end of the day, like I'll call my... Lotus rep, my Vertigo rep, or my Calibri rep, and say, hey, man, like I'm having this issue with this model. Is this something common that you've had before? Is there anything that I need to do to fix it? Right. And, you know, they can provide some guidance and, you know, maybe a replacement. So bring it into us and we'll we'll help you along with it. That is a great tip. Um, so the uh, on a butane torch, like they're, they're obviously the most common kind of lighter is a butane torch. And I have probably like, I don't know, 15 or 20 of them that 
you know, I forgot my lighter. Here's a four ninety nine one on the counter. Yeah. You know, all of that stuff, and a couple of nice ones. Um, with your butane torch, you have a wire that is the source of ignition. Yeah, the spark. The spark. Yeah. And then you have the butane jet, and uh, you know, there's a thing that happens where the wire moves around. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it will. It's called a side arcing. Yeah. Where the electrical current flows to the outer case instead of to the center. Yep. And so it's like avoiding the butane. Yeah. You can also just have it turned up too high. I've had ones where yeah. I had it on full blast and the butane is literally blowing the spark out. Like like a Yeah, like Yeah. You can see the spark hit and it's just just blows it out. Yeah, and and when people bring their lighters in when they have issues it's either one of two things, right? The Jets aren't providing butane for the spark or there is no spark happening, mm -hmm. right? So I know if there's no spark happening, I look at the, what'd you call it? The wire. The wire, yeah. yeah. And then if there's, you know. Technically it's an anode, but I call it a wire. The wire, um, right? So if there's no spark happening, then I look at the wire. And if the butane's acting up, right, the butane's not coming up properly, then I'm looking at the tank. I'm looking at the bleeder. I'm looking at the the refill part, Um to see yeah. if there's maybe air in the chamber or, you know, whatever it may be. I have messed around with my wire, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty decent, I think, at fixing lighters. Um, you got to be super careful. So I had this uh, Perdomo electric lighter that I used on the show. It sounded like uh, a cattle prod or something yeah, when, I was, yeah. <laughs> when I was lighting up, um, and it was USB rechargeable. It was super cool, and you might notice I haven't used it in a while. Yeah, where is it? Well, I uh, somehow the wire got out of alignment, and it was side arcing. Mm -hmm. So I reached in there with my little screwdriver to nudge the wire around, and somehow I completed the circuit. And, and you know, like the, the rechargeable USB, that's not like the little button battery that's in the bottom of, you know, the other ones. Yeah. Um, shocked the hell out of me. Oh. Like, through that, like involuntarily through the lighter like 10 feet or whatever oh and i haven't touched it since so that's why i'm not using it see electronic uh, electronic lighters are a different beast yeah so point is don't fuck around with something you don't know about you might electrocute yourself or yeah. just ruin a good lighter yeah. or both in my case uh, <laughs> so yeah bring it into your local shop and uh, of course on this show we always uh, recommend that you support your local tobacconist um the uh Enjoyment of cigars just to me can't be separated from the lounge experience. Right. right? So that's what I'm into. Great uh, tobacconist tip of the week. Touching back on this cigar briefly, I've noticed that the uh, spice has picked up a little bit for me. Um, I'm also noticing a little bit of a leather component. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it, but the other flavors are still there. And it, this is just super enjoyable. Oh, it's yeah. It's a really great cigar. Really awesome. Slow burner for me, too, again this week. Mm -hmm. It's very, uh, I'm getting a good deal of resistance from the draw. Mm -hmm. And the smoke output is good. Like, I can get enough smoke, but then it's not, like, uh, pouring out of the foot after yeah. I puff it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, it's flowing steadily, but it's like a light flow. Yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, if I'm just sitting here holding the cigar... You know, it's not putting out too much smoke, and it looks like it would go out in about seven minutes or yeah, so yeah. on its own. Yeah. But then you draw on it, and it just produces smoke. It's it's not smoking you out, right? It's not so much smoke that you're struggling to do a retrohale or something. I always think about the Nica Rustica when I think about smoke output. Mm -hmm. The original Broadleaf True Estate Nica Rustica. 
because the smoke coming off the foot is so thick. Mm-hmm. It's like a smokestack. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the puff you take, you get a mouthful of smoke, but then as soon as like you, you take it out of your mouth, another puff it's of smoke just, comes yeah. off the foot. Yeah, it's just billowing. Yeah. So this one is not like that. Correct. All right, let's move into our informational segment. And uh, last week we talked about beginning cigar smoking. If you're just getting started on this hobby and journey, some tips and tricks there, recommendations. And today we're going to slide into intermediate cigar smoking. Um, How do you know if you're in that category of intermediate cigar smoking? Well, it's your best guess. I would say, though, that you kind of know your palate. You know, you've smoked your way around the humidor. You've tried different regions. You've tried different manufacturers. You know what you like then you're probably intermediate. You know, if you're smoking more than one cigar a week, you're probably intermediate. Um, So that's kind of where you're at. So here's our recommendations for kind of upping your game at this point, right? So you've gotten into the hobby, you enjoy it, you've smoked your way around, you know, you kind of know the humidor, what you like, what you don't like. What's the next step? You know, how do you get to that next level? So first, I would say play around with your ritual. Right, so the cigar smoking experience is ritualistic. That's mm-hmm. one of the funnest parts about it, right? So you have your clipping, you have your lighting. You know, we have the clip it with authority, toast it, don't roast it. Um, experiment with like match and cedar strip. Yeah. You know, does does that make it better for you? I will tell you, my favorite ritual is my soft flame butane lighter yeah. when I can use it. Right, right? and it takes uh, almost all of the butane in the tank this is this is one of those like you can put it in your watch pocket you know kind of kind of lighters um and it takes gosh 45 seconds a minute you know to toast it with that but it toasts it perfectly you know there's no singe or scorch you can tell you know when i when i overcook my cigar or i'll pull the flame in you know because i'm in a hurry or whatever yeah and the first few puffs are accurate like i exactly burn the tobacco you know um and so, like, all around this ritual, like, I have to find a place with no wind. I ain't using this on the back porch. No. You know, it won't stay lit. You know, that's yeah. what my torch is for. Right. Um, so play around with your ritual. You know, which cigar cutter brings you enjoyment. And, and this is the, the key. I got this from Marie Kondo, right? You know, the, uh, the Japanese lady that does all of the, like, how to organize your life, you know, in, oh, in your house. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, So her whole thing is, like, go through your closet and just ask yourself, does this piece bring me joy? Oh. Like, no, it's a pair of underwear. I don't give a shit, you know. Uh, but but it's a great standard to use when evaluating your ritual. It's like, yeah. which cutter do you prefer? You know, I'm very utilitarian. I like a right. cutter that is sharp, that doesn't wiggle around a lot, Yeah, you know, um, that, that feels solid, you know. But, okay, so if you meet the basics, like it can actually cut my cigar, there's the scissors, right? There's like the donut cutter that Zycar makes. There's yeah, yeah, there's circle one. Yeah, the yeah. circle cutter. Um, there's bullet punch. There's yeah, Ooh. star punch. I mean, God, they've got fucking straight razors. Yeah. You know, that are one, designed to cut cigars. One side V cut, one side straight cut. Yeah, all of this. You yeah. know, so find the one that, and then you know, they make they make uh, knives. Yes. Have you seen those? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it looks like a straight razor. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think those look fucking cool, but I haven't had the chance to use one. Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, maybe you want something that is expensive or gold-plated or filigree. Or uh, I mentioned there's a guy in Texas that custom makes these for like thousands of dollars. Or Brandon. 
or branded. Like yeah. if your favorite cigar brand yeah. uh, partners with a, a lighter manufacturer, or cutter manufacturer, mm-hmm. and has their you know their logo on there, then yeah, then you know pick that letter up and get you know pick that cutter up. Yep, same thing with your lighter. You know, again, I'm utilitarian; it has to work first. But you know, maybe your uh, cedar match, um, or your match and cedar strip, or you know, your soft flame or your butane torch or anything but campfire gas, you should be all right. Um, you know, figure figure that, play around with that, right? And I think the coolest stories too are like, <clears throat> folks will pull out like a like an old Zippo, mm-hmm. um, and it looks old, and they're like, oh, like my grand, this is my grandfather. Oh, lost my ash. Not in the ashtray. Well done, Thack. Um, I lost a little bit of my cherry on that. That's not cool. Oh, geez. Um, they'll bring in their, their Zippo, like I was saying, and uh, they'll be like, oh, this is my grandfather's in World War II. Right. Like, if you can, bu- if you can build a story like that, like if you have a connection, if you're a sentimental person, um, like Francisco gave me a lighter the last time. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I've never seen that before. Francisco gave me a letter last time he was in town and uh, like I, I, you know, it's awesome and it's very cool. You know, the, the, the head master blender, head roller CEO of, you know, a cigar company that, you know, is, is a major part of our lounges gave me a lighter. you know, that's freaking, that's a cool story I like to tell. Yeah. And uh, for those that aren't familiar, if you have one of those heirloom Zippos, which are cool as shit, you can actually replace the interior with a butane torch. So Zippo sells these butane torch inserts. You do have to take the lighter apart and pull out the uh, cotton padding and the wick and the flint and all of that. But uh, you just slide into the outer case, you just slide this uh, butane insert and you can have a single jet butane torch that's inside that heirloom Zippo case. Yeah. So you don't have to compromise and suck a bunch of campfire gas, you know, into your uh, into your cigar. And that was my alert. I have my sounds on on my phone. Rookie moves. You're really um, being, being the hack today, man. I'm being the hack today, yeah. So, and then play around with humidity, right? So, I like 60%. That's my thing. Um, a lot of guys like 65. I think if you're above that, I think you're too humid, but that's my opinion. Try a 75, you know, whatever. Figure out which humidity you like to smoke your cigar at. Um, and then the the thing with all the experimenting we're talking about is, like, it will actually give you knowledge, right? Um, also, maybe, maybe, like, if I had to give you a warning, don't play around with humidity on, like, your opus. On your opus, yeah. On like your only your, opus X. Yeah. Or your, your freaking God of Fire. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe do this with, like, a... a you know, an everyday smoke that you have. And then if you really like it, then apply it to your, your big guys. But yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Get all of your best special cigars and fuck with them. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cut them right open. Right. (laughs) Trade cigars. Right. So, you know, you, you have access to a certain selection of cigars based on, you know, your local shop and what you like and whatever. Um, Start making friends. The internet is great nowadays. There's all kinds of like Facebook groups and, you know, Instagram and Twitter. Um, and reach out to some folks. You know, you'd be surprised how many people I'll DM and just be like, that's an awesome smoke. I've never smoked it before. Yeah. You know, and they'll be like, hey, you want me to send you one? Right. Yeah. You know, um, this is something you and I do frequently. Yeah. yeah. I, I always ask my staff to, hey, can you guys like, can you pick out a cigar for me to smoke today? Sure. Yeah. And like, I'll get there. 
like what they would, you know, a journey through their mind to see what they would pick. And they got you the Immenso. Uh, <laughs> also, play around with aging. So this is really cool. There's a lot of cigars in the humidor that taste way better after three months, four months, six months in your humidor, right? So here's one that surprised me, the Alec Bradley Magic Toast. It's a good cigar, you know. It's not uh, something I pick up all the time. But I tried aging one, and after three months, it was a different cigar. And it was a much better different cigar, right? Um, so this is something else you can experiment with. You know, uh, a lot of shops, you can get a discount on a box or a bundle or something like that. And then, you know, save some of them, age them, and see what happens. Now, I've had the opposite happen. I've had cigars that I aged, and they kind of went flat. Yeah. You know? They, they might lose a little yeah. uh, punch. Yeah. Yep. So play around with that and that post-it makes a post-it makes little sticker dots that you can kind of you can write like zero six twenty three on mm-hmm. so you can remember when you got that like the month you got it in and so yep. you can kind of track from that point how many months it's been in your humidor i use colors so i don't actually yeah. uh i don't actually write on the sticker dot and i use the tiny ones they make the quarter inch ones you know not the half inch ones uh, i use the tiny ones and i color code them so you know you can get like the rainbow pack you know, that has like six colors or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, you know, this month. And I will ha- I have it in my notebook where like here's the red sticker and next to it it says like June 2022, you know, something like that. They used to make us put the book socks on our uh, middle school textbooks. Yeah. It's <laughs> <And so>, like science <laughs> always had that color yeah. and math had uh, that yeah. color. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not good at reading numbers. So I use colors. Uh, <laughs> and then the last thing you can do is experiment with pairings, right? So... I think like the obvious choice is like whiskey, you know, whiskey pairs so easily, um, you know, rum, uh, any spirit, distilled spirit, um, brandy is a good one. Dude, there's a guy, um, there's a customer here who, I'm not kidding, a, a Kentucky fire cured by Drew Estate, a Slim Jim, and a diet root beer. Uh, don't do that. So... Uh, <laughs> Wow, now that that is just disrespectful to your palate right oh there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. Um, you know, I mean, it's like it's like driving a Tata car, you know? Like some people drive them. So that's that's your choice. Yeah, like don't make yourself drink bourbon with a cigar if you don't like bourbon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, if you like diet root beer with your cigar, go for it. Yeah. This is a this is a hobby for you to enjoy, not to impress other people. We'll just silently make fun of you behind your back and possibly on air across the universe in our podcast um also wine uh wine can be difficult to pair i do like like jc newman had this little uh table topper um that you had out in the shop that yeah you know recommended wine pairings um which is helpful because there's so many wines out there i think this is for me pairing wine is the hardest i mean you just take a simple cab and you're going from like the sweet side to like the iodine side in a Cabernet, you know, and that's just one and it's one red, you know, and then coffee, uh, coffee pairs great with cigars. For sure. Uh, tea pairs very well. A lot of people don't like tea. Um, one of the, I guess, things that sets tea apart is it has a very high vegetable oil content mm. and it coats your palate and it mm. changes the flavor of the cigar. Yeah. Um, it's also a soft flavor. Like you're not going to kill your cigar. You can do that with coffee. Like you can drink, you drink a black Starbucks. What is that? Pike's peak or whatever yeah. roast. Yeah. And you can kill many cigars hot, with that. A hot one. Yeah. 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 
Uh, one last thing you can try pairing is cheese. Mm. So cheese and cigars goes very well together. Uh, cheese coats the palate as well. You just recently had a good experience, didn't you? I did. I was pairing, I was pairing a gorgonzola mm. cheese, mm. center cut, not crumbled. Um, so gorgonzola is like blue cheese on steroids. Nice. Um, and I think I had it paired with the uh, the La Roma de Cuva Reserva. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Which yeah. is a strong cigar. Yeah. Right? Um, so those are some things you can do if you're an intermediate cigar smoker to kind of up your game, right? Play around with your ritual, play around with humidity, trade cigars, play around with aging, and play around with pairing. And uh, that'll get you your knowledge base and experience up. It's Intermediate's really like the experimental phase. Experimental phase, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, well, so like the beginning phase is experimental with cigars. Yeah. You're learning about like what do I like? You know, right. What t- you know, and yeah. now you're moving into I'm experimenting with everything else. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, and with that, it is time for our Cigar News of the Week with Nicholas McCann. Cigar News. Here is your host, Nicholas McCann. Hey, y'all. The largest industry trade show is coming up in the beginning of July. It's called the PCA, um, Premium Cigar Association. It's just basically a, a bunch of manufacturers and retailers get together in Las Vegas, Nevada. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And uh, and companies, manufacturers, distributors run deals. They showcase new product. They set up booths on like a warehouse-sized um, trade show floor. Um, and so I just wanted to, to mention some of the new cigars that will be coming out or debuting at the PCA uh, this year. So the first one is the Stolen Throne Yorktown Fleet, which Stolen Throne uh, we love here. Um, they're going to re- release the Yorktown Fleet at PCA this year. Uh, Blackwork Studio, Black Label Trading Company, is going to release a cigar called Poison Dart, um, and it's going to be a PCA exclusive release, so you can only order it if you are in attendance at the show. Um, and Black nice. Label, Black Label, and Blackwork Studio is good. They they make really good uh, strong cigars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like strong. Ooh, Green Hornet. Yeah. Yeah, it'll knock you down. Um, Crown Heads is going to release uh, Pi Synesthesia Red, which, if you remember from last year, Pi Synesthesia came out at the 2022 trade show, and it was fantastic. So I'm really excited for Red. Um, <clears throat> and then Mil Dias, a new uh, size of Mil Dias from Crown Heads as well, is going to debut at PCA 2023. Oh, nice. Which is Mil Dias is a great cigar, really yeah. good price point. Um, and then finally, a cigar that's not debuting at PCA 2023. It's going to be shipping in the last week of June. Um, is a new DBL cigar. All right. Yeah. Which so, we heard about first here on the did. podcast. We did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. He told us about it a couple, God, it was two months ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be called La Tabla. Um, La Tabla. It's going to be a 7 by 64 And La Tabla. That means like the board. Yes. Like, or, yep. Yeah. That's right. Um, God, you've been working on your Spanish. Thank you. That's awesome. Yo uh, necesito un boleto de autobús. <laughs> I probably fucked that up. So Francisco, DBL, La Tabla, 7 by 64 um, Arapiraca seed wrapper, going to be a, a powerhouse. Um, 
really good price point too. Right around Ooh, twelve. What did we smoke that had that wrapper recently? Arabiraca. Yeah. That was the uh, Intemperance. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it, it definitely like it's a different flavor for sure. You know, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, this uh, this cigar as well will be coming to Union Cigar, obviously, um, and hopefully. No, no, no other retailers near you. Hopefully, we're the only one that gets it. Right, right. So you have to come here. Yeah, <laughs> I am uh, looking forward to that. I like DBL stuff. Oh yeah, anything. Yeah, anything that he's going to release new is yeah, I could be awesome. Definitely. So those are a couple of the new things coming out in the beginning of July and of June um, that we're very excited for. Hopefully, you will see them on the shelves in our stores very soon. So lots of new smoky treats coming out there for all of you in internet land. And now it is time to rate our La Aroma de Cuba Passion, six and an eighth by fifty-four box pressed torpedo, Nicaraguan puro, sun grown or sorry, not sun grown, shade grown, uh, retailing at twelve fifty. So uh, our five categories that we rank our cigars in: presentation, flavor, value, construction, and experience. Uh, and we are going to start with presentation. So Nick, what do you think about the presentation of this La Aroma de Cuba Passion? Hey man, nine. No explanation needed. Dude, yeah, I mean, just rewind the show, I guess, right? Yeah. We, I mean, we pretty much, I pretty much, fan, we fanboyed over it in the first 15 minutes of the show, so. Yeah, I agree. This is a nine. Um, I think the only thing that I would do differently is not cello wrap them. Oh, wow. And the only reason I say that is that band is gorgeous, and with the cello, like, the lights glare off it. Yeah. And I can't see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the wrapper, too. Like, this is a really attractive wrapper. It is. Right? Yeah. Like, this cigar looks yummy. Um, otherwise, it's a 10. Yeah. You know? So, great job on the presentation Yeah, uh, from the Garcias. Uh, how about flavor? Nick, what are your thoughts here? Uh, this, was, this was pretty awesome. Um, I'm going to give this a... I'm going to give this an 8. For flavor, um, weird, like not in a bad way, but weird, like shade grown, but Nicaraguan, mm-hmm. like strong, but mm-hmm. but not too strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I give it an eight. It was just a a complex like flavor bomb. It was constantly changing, and I, I thought it was really good, dude. If this was a sun grown, yeah, Nicaraguan, it oh, would man. fucking toast yeah. you, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm right with you. I've gotten eight as well for this. Um, yeah, it is a unique flavor. Uh, I really appreciate that because I smoke a lot of cigars, right? And I'm not smoking this and thinking, oh, this reminds me of, including the broad selection of cigars that are produced by the Garcias. You know, you have the whole My Father line. You have the Garcia, Garcia, you know, all of that. Um, so they managed to create something that is unique and special. It doesn't taste like the other La Roma de Cuba's and it has a good mid, mid full, um, body to it. So eight on flavor. How about value retailing at 1250 for this six and an eighth by 54? I think it's great value. I think like you said, uh, if they, if they gussied it up, right, mm-hmm. they could, they could charge a, Five, a five times that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's a it's a great value. I think I'll put it at a um at an eight as well. Eight for value from Nick. Yeah, I'm also gonna go with an eight. You know, twelve fifty is not uh, the cheapest cigar in the humidor by any means. There's a lot of competition. Once you get above ten dollars, there's a lot of competition. Um 
I think it's priced well, and I think there's way more tobacco in this than it seems like. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a decent sized cigar to begin with, but man, I'm halfway done. Yeah. We're an hour into the cigar podcast, yep. so it doesn't burn super fast. Great smoke output. Um, so I've got an eight there as well. How about uh, construction? Uh, the construction was great. I have no complaints at all. The burn was great. The draw was um, the draw was great too. Uh, I'll throw an eight at eight at construction as well. All right, and I would uh, I would rank this as a nine for construction, except there's this little tab that you can see right here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not close enough to the head of the cigar for me to be tonguing it. Yeah, but I did have to lick it and stick it down. Yep. Um, so point off for that. It also gets an eight from Johnny Midas. And this cigar is hitting the home run so far. All right, how about experience? Our most subject- subjective and most important rating. Nick, what's your experience level in the cigar? With the box, the presentation, um, really solid flavor, really solid construction. Uh, I can't I can't give it any less than an eight, so I'll give it an eight for experience. Everything just came together really nicely. All right, I have an eight for experience as well. Uh, this is the kind of cigar, like, if you said, I'm going to smoke a cigar, yeah. this is the cigar. Yeah. Uh, you can play the big man. You can also hang out with your friends and smoke it. It doesn't require a lot of attention, which is good. Um, so eight for experience there as well, which brings this to a 43. Oh, my gosh. That's a that's a number. That's a number. That wow. is, uh, I think that's our highest rating that we've given a cigar on this show yeah. so far, or maybe tied for it. So. Fantastic showing. This is the La Aroma de Cuba Passion, 6.125 by 54 box-pressed torpedo. This is a shade-grown Nicaraguan puro with triple fermentation on their shade-grown wrapper from Namanji, Nicaragua. Great smoke. Recommend it to everybody. If you like cigars, you'll probably like this one. Thanks, as always, for joining us on Burnline Podcast. We will see you again. <laughs>